If you have your Bibles with you, and if not, there'll be a reading on the screen. Uh, thanks to Chris as well. I mean, the people sitting behind that desk don't get uh, the, uh, the credit as well. But uh, Chris is not only doing the computer, he's also doing the sound as well. He's uh, amazing. So the reading is Matthew chapter 4, and reading from verse 12 to 25. And this takes place just after Jesus has been baptized and he has been um, led into the wilderness by the Spirit and been tempted and overcome the devil's temptations. And he begins his public ministry. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. And news about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And then just a very brief reading from chapter 10. Verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every illness and disease. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. we just pray? Father God, we thank you for your word. And as we just spend this time just looking at uh, this passage of scripture and your call to us to follow you, to be your disciples, give us a fresh understanding of your grace and mercy towards us, but your call upon our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Galilee is one of my favorite places in the world. 
And uh, I've had the privilege of visiting the Holy Land many times. And whenever I've been, whenever we've been as church groups, uh, the highlight, I think, has been, I can only speak for myself, and others people are nodding, our time spent around Galilee. And uh, I've got some photos to show you, but then I thought, I'll see if Chris can actually get a little bit of a video up on the screen of our last trip uh, to the Holy Land. So if all works, um, we're going to just watch a little... Hey, you're a star. never forget my first glimpse of Galilee, which was breathtaking. It literally did take my breath away just to know that Jesus walked on those hills and that's where he taught and met his disciples. of any pilgrimage to the Holy Land will be time spent around Galilee because Jesus certainly spent much of his ministry around that area. He had a wonderful time just walking around the ordinary streets. One of the things the trip to the Holy Land enables you to take in is the geography, the size of the Promised Land. And it gives you an idea of the distances that Jesus and the disciples travelled. thing about visiting Galilee and the hills and area around is that it hasn't changed so you can imagine Jesus there on the hills with his disciples. One of the highlights of any tour is to share an outdoor communion right on the lakeside. It's the site of the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. share in that way and to share with communion together is just such a special place to be. You can't find a better backdrop for any place to share communion in. For anyone thinking of visiting the Holy Land, I would just encourage them to go. It is the most amazing place and to walk where Jesus walked is just phenomenal. And to visit the sites and the places and the people um, will just enhance your walk with Jesus. It will bring the Bible alive to you and it will be a memory that you'll have for the rest of your life. We are now the face of McCabe. <laughs> so, and I would um, encourage you, if you ever have the chance uh, to go, um, to do so. It would be just a trip of a lifetime. And uh, we're going in 2017, so if anyone wants to come in November, start saving up your pennies. Just a few pictures as well, Chris, if we can um, move over to those other ones. 
Just in recent weeks, we've started our After Alpha course as well, and um, it's just a, a real delight to meet with people who have made a commitment to Jesus on our Alpha course. We've been running them for 20 years now. I think we're over into the 45, six courses that we've done, and we've seen people become followers of Jesus at every single one. And uh, just to see them over the last two weeks, um, reading their Bibles and praying, and, um, and this week in my group, I've got them to pray for one another, and it was just a joy to see them stepping out in faith and praying for one another. And we've talked along the way of Alpha and After Alpha that uh, Jesus calls us to be his disciples, and one of the guys who became a Christian on the last course was a guy called Ollie. And he was struck from the very first week when we said that we were not religious people. That we were followers of Jesus. Because he had so many reasons why he opposed religion. And it just sort of took so much away when we said, well, we, we, religion's bankrupt. It's man-made. We're followers of Jesus. And even to the point of saying that actually now I prefer to introduce myself when I'm talking about my faith as being a follower of Jesus rather than a Christian. Because so many people misunderstand even that word now. It was given as a nickname to followers of Jesus. Little Christ. But now it might even mean you're born in England. You've been christened. You're a good person. You're religious. Matthew 4 marks the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. So fresh from his baptism and the testing and temptation in the wilderness, Jesus begins that mission. And the first thing we're told in the reading that we read together was that he makes a decisive break from Nazareth, where he grew up, where his parents lived, where the angel Gabriel had appeared to his mother Mary where Mary and Joseph left to travel to Bethlehem. And he chose Galilee. He chose Capernaum to be his headquarters right there on the lake. There's a sort of picture of the area. That's a bit more detailed. There's Nazareth. And uh, when you go to the Holy Land, if you have a chance, you get to see how the distances they just walked, walked. And uh, we go on a nice air-conditioned bus, but they walked. And Capernaum is situated there. And that's a view of Capernaum from the lake. And um, the spaceship thingy, it's a church, they've built right over the top of uh, Peter's mother-in-law's house as they've excavated underneath. And that's Capernaum. And these would have been the streets that Jesus walked around, the black level. The white level is 4th century above. But it's amazing. it just brings the Bible alive as you walk around these places. It is quite amazing. And that's just a beautiful view of the lake. And that's another one. And we'll end there, otherwise you'll be distracted. Jesus chose that area to be his base, and particularly Capernaum. The Lake of Galilee is a freshwater lake. It's sometimes called a sea. It's not a sea. It's a lake, but it's so big. It's 14 miles long, 7 miles wide at its widest, and it's fed by the Jordan River, and it's 200 meters below sea level. 
And Galilee was a province as well. It wasn't just the lake. It was an area of land, about 50 miles times 25 miles, dotted with towns and villages, more so than even today. In the time of Jesus, there would have been hundreds of little towns and villages dotted around, densely populated. It was a region despised by the pucker Jews down south in Jerusalem. I mean, not as bad as the Samaritans, but if you came from Galilee, you were just uncouth northerners, basically. It had been invaded many times. And there were around it Gentile populations as well. Because you read that when Jesus ministers and he goes to the other side of the lake. And you remember the famous time that he delivers the demon-possessed man and they go into the pigs. That wouldn't have been a Jewish region. That would have been a Gentile town. It stood on an ancient trade route from Damascus in Syria to Egypt. It seemed like the most unlikely of places But God often chooses unlikely places and unlikely people to do extraordinary things. And so it was for Galilee. That prophecy that we read right at the beginning, Isaiah prophesying 600 years before, saying that this place of Galilee by the sea, the land of the Gentiles, would see a great light. Isaiah prophesied in the future God would honor Galilee of the Gentiles by way of the sea. And honor Galilee he did. The people who walked in darkness saw a great light as Jesus, the light of the world, walked among them. And Jesus made that the base, the center of his preaching, teaching, and healing ministry. And it's there that he called his first disciples with those simple words, come follow I guess we would all here tonight say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm a Christian. I'm a... And tonight I just want to remind us of the simple thing that Jesus called us to do. Because if your faith has become hard or a chore or something like that, you've missed what it was all about. Jesus just said, come follow me. Come do life with me. Come walk with me. So by the time Jesus had returned from those 40 days in the desert, he knew he had limited time. It's amazing to think that by the time that Jesus begins his ministry, there would only be two and a half more years. That's just 30 months before he would give up his life on the cross. 30 months to establish those disciples, to call them, to train them, to continue his mission to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So in that amazing way that Jesus chooses Capernaum and he chooses Galilee, he chooses individual people. He could have chosen anyone. And we're told in the Gospels that Jesus spent a night in prayer, praying over who he should call to himself, that closer group. And the result was those 12 disciples that he called apostles who he chose to be with him, closest to him, although others would have followed, of course. He spent most of his time with the twelve. And he included fishermen, a tax collector, and religious zealots. He liked choosing brothers as well. Simon and Andrew, brothers. James and John, brothers. And it's thought that 
Matthew and James are brothers as well. I've never noticed that before, but when you read in Mark's gospel, it says Levi, who's Matthew, is son of Alphaeus, and then in Mark 3, James is son of Alphaeus as well. Some people believe that they were brothers as well. And he chose them. And that's the first thing to encourage us tonight. Jesus chose you. There probably was a time, as there was a time in my life, when I thought I chose Jesus. Only to discover he had already chosen me. He chose you to follow him, to be with him, to be his disciple. Jesus chose Peter, for example. Peter, who encourages us all because Peter, who hears from God one minute and the next minute, he's saying to Jesus, no, you won't die. No, that won't happen to you. And Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan. Peter, who one minute's walking on the water in incredible faith and the next minute he's sinking because of the waves. Peter, who would be confidently boasting of his loyalty one minute and the next minute denying Jesus three times just because he's challenged by a servant girl. He chose Peter. And he said the most amazing things about him. On this rock, I'll build my church. He chose James and John. These were brothers And sometimes known as the sons of thunder. Not known for their placid temperaments. They were hotheads, ready to call down fire of judgment on all of those who rejected Jesus. And Jesus has to, okay guys, settle down. He chose despised Galileans such as Thomas. Thomas who's regarded as a pessimist and a doubter. He chose Nathaniel who was often... Described as a cynic because he's the one who says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, if they'd employed an HR consultant to help Jesus with his recruitment, it would have been a different story. And uh, I've had this uh, illustration many years, and I've probably used it before, but forgive me if I use it again. So this is HR consultants from Jerusalem, and it's addressed to Jesus And it says, thank you for submitting the CVs of the 12 men you have picked for management positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our battery of tests. We have not only run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. It is the staff's opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you're undertaking. They do not seem to have a team concept, And we would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capabilities. Simon Peter is particularly emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interest above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a question in attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel that it's our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. And James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings, and they both registered a high score on the manic depressive scale. 
However, one of your candidates shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and has contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. So we recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All the other profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your venture. Jesus chose you and me. He didn't recruit the learned rabbis and the teachers and the politicians or even the celebrities of the day. He chose these ordinary men to be with him. And as is recorded of them in Acts by those leaders, rabbis and teachers, they were ordinary, unschooled men, but people took note that they had been with Jesus. A motley crew who knew that they had nothing to offer of themselves, but who God used in the most amazing ways to turn the world upside down. God has called you. Jesus has called you, chosen you, to come follow him and turn the world upside down. He turned fishermen into fishers of men. He turned tax collectors into collectors of souls. He turned religious zealots into men who loved the lost. And he's still looking for disciples. Not just converts. We say that on our mission statement as a church, don't we? We, we proclaim Jesus to people today. We, we make him known and then we make disciples. That's our aim. Not converts, not alpha goers. Not those who have just said a prayer one day. Not those who would just call themselves Christians if challenged. But those who have signed up and given their lives to Jesus and are followers of Christ, who are prepared to leave everything and follow him wherever he leads. Come be with me, said Jesus. And so when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that will mean change. Not just Jesus bolted on to our busy lives, Jesus just at the weekends, but Jesus right there at the center and circumference of our lives, everything. We are under new management, heart, soul, mind, and strength. In our After Alpha course, we're talking about the five purposes of life based on Rick Warren's book about being worshipers first, about being belongers, part of the family of God, about being believers bearing the family likeness of Jesus, about being servants, offering our lives to Jesus and witnessing. On the first night of the After Alpha, we give learner plates out, little bookmarks to everyone. That's what we are as disciples, learners, pupils. Karis is uh, learning to drive. She's doing re really well. She took Hermione and I to Stratford and back. That? And back, did you notice that? <laughs> and back and as learners we spend time with an instructor and Jesus says come spend time with me do you know that's the first thing that goes 
We become Christians and then things get crowded out and we don't spend time with Jesus anymore. That's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't spend any time with Jesus. No, no, that's, you can't be. Are you a follower of Jesus? Then that requires spending time with him as he fills us with his spirit, as he encourages us to do life in his way. It means carving out time in our lives to pray, to worship, to read his word. And as we put those components in our lives, we will grow and grow in our discipleship. I meet so many Christians who are living on an experience that happened once and are just crawling along as it were. We need to spend time with Jesus, our Savior. And as followers of Jesus, we seek his kingdom first. We leave our selfish pride, not easy. We even leave our hopes and our dreams and our plans at the cross. Now, he may resurrect some of them or all of them, but when he does so, they will be for him and not just for us. But first of all, they must be surrendered. Are you not amazed when Jesus calls those first disciples, they just get up and go? Especially the sons of Zebedee. They're with Zebedee in the boat. And they just say, right, we're off. Would you leave all for Jesus? He may not call that for you, but he may do. But being disciples, being disciples of Jesus will affect our lives from our diaries to our finances to our families to our futures to our plans and our decisions. But the basic call remains the same. Would you come follow me? And maybe just again, you need to hear that call from Jesus tonight. He just says, come follow me. Come and be part of my kingdom. Come and be part of the building of this amazing kingdom of God, both in this world and readying it for the world that is to come. Let's not settle for just being Christians. Just with the name of the badge. But let's be followers of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. And maybe in just this moment of silence, as we leave just a moment to reaffirm your faith in Jesus, to realign your life with him, to respond to that simple call again. And if through the journey of life and the journey of faith, that simple call has been kind of knocked back, well, bring it back to the fore. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us even now? We would love it to be said of us that we were schooled, ordinary people, but what people noticed about us is that we'd spent time with Jesus. And if that's got lost along the road as well, that time with Jesus... Help us to make that a priority again in our lives. And in a few moments, we're going to share in this simple meal 
that Jesus shared with his disciples on that night that he was betrayed by one that he had chosen to be with him. One who turned his back on Jesus. And we will reaffirm our faith in this simple meal. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us afresh? If you just need that fresh touch of God right now, I encourage you just to open your hands in front of you. As we say, come, Lord Jesus. Please fill us again with your spirit. Renew our walks with you. Remind us of that first passion we had for you. Fan into flame that love once again. That we might be all that we can be in you. And to give our lives to serve your kingdom. Would you fill us? Would you do new works in us, we pray? In Jesus' name.